Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 44 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. Excited about the show we have for you all today. Uh, let's start by just jumping right into the breakdown like we do every week. The breakdown is the rounding up of the news kind of going on this week, and uh, mainly North American rugby, but we, we like to dabble in, in all types of rugby. So um, the first like really big piece of news I think I saw this week, just there's, you know standard player signings. Uh, being announced regularly all over Major League Rugby. But I think the New England Free Jacks kind of stole the show this week. They had a very big week in terms of signings. Um, started with Wednesday. They announced that they had hired Ryan Martin as their new head coach. Uh, Ryan Martin's a guy who's got a lot of – he's got extensive uh, coaching background. There's a reason to be excited about him if you're a Free Jacks fan. Um, so there's been lots of – a couple articles written about him over these last few days. I've, I would encourage you to go check them out if you're interested in that. Um, and then the next kind of big signing that they announced was Thursday. They announced the signing of second rower Tara Matumbu of the Sharks of Super Rugby. He's going to be a fun one to watch. I know when you think about, you know, these kind of the, the rugby players that are coming over to MLR, um, a lot of these, like, big Super Rugby guys are kind of on their back end of their career. Um, but Tara Matumbu is a guy who's 29, so he's kind of, like, right in his prime and he's going to be a, f a fun one to watch next season. So I'm going to keep my eye on that. You guys should too. Um, lots of signing all over the place in MLR, like I mentioned. So not hard to track those down. Teams are very busy. Um, but one of the things I did notice about signings this week is I believe that this is the first week in about a month that a former Raptor didn't get signed with another team, or it wasn't announced at least. I haven't seen anything come across my timeline but that usually means that an avalanche of former Raptors are about to sign somewhere, and I'm not going to be ready for it. So it'll be something I'm going to keep my eye on moving forward. Kind of a quiet week on that front, which is a little bit odd, but, I mean, that's how it goes, I guess. So next kind of big piece of news is World Rugby made a couple announcements this week. On Wednesday, they announced that the Cape Town and Dubai stops on the World 7 circuit will not be taking place this year. So those tournaments are scheduled in late November and early December. Um, and those are the first two stops that kind of kick off the next year of uh, the HSBC Sevens tournament. So it's like football and how it kind of rolls over. Like, you know, this last football season would be the 2019-2020 football season, the football season we're about to be in 2020-2021. So that's the same with rugby. So this those two stops would have kicked off the 2021 World Seven circuit, but obviously due to COVID, not going to be able to happen. Um, I think I talked about it last week, maybe two weeks ago. I can't even remember. They're all blending together. But when they announced, you know, that – oh, that was a couple weeks ago, actually. When they announced that the, the circuit wasn't going to finish this year and that, the uh, you know, New Zealand men and women's sevens team won uh, the circuit based on table standings, when they made that announcement, and I think they said that they're not going to play – the circuit without fans so until they get fans in there it's going to be tough to you know they're not going to do it so and it's going to be tough to get fans in anytime soon so I'd be surprised if we see the seven circuit honestly happen again until maybe next summer um, spilling over into next fall like maybe like who knows the seven circuit might not happen again next year either just kind of based on how things are going I was going to go out on a limb and say we weren't going to see rugby like that um, in in general until next year but then world rugby announced on thursday morning that they're going to try to resume uh test matches in the fall so it sounds like they're going to try to make up the remaining men's and women's six nation matches that they were unable to play back in the spring uh, they're going to do that in october starting on the 24th and the 31st 
then they'll take a week off and they'll play the matches for the next four weekends. Then all the Six Nations sides, it sounds like, England, France, Ireland, Italy, Scotland, and Wales, they have proposed a tournament with Japan and Fiji as well that they would like to kind of get rolling in the fall from the sounds of it. And then in November, the Southern Hemisphere team, so Argentina, Australia, New Zealand, South African, will try to play their rugby championship in New Zealand. Uh, that competition would run from November 7th to December 12th, so it'd be a good solid month and some change of rugby. And obviously New Zealand has been um, opened back up since June. They've been playing rugby in front of full stadium since June. So hopefully that can happen. We've got some rugby to look forward to if they can keep it safe which is obviously the goal and the hope. Um, and we'll just keep an eye on that. So obviously I'll let you guys know if I hear or read anything else kind of in regarding to that, but something to keep our eye on and something to look forward to, which is always nice. And then finally, we'll wrap up the breakdown like we always do uh, with the Super Rugby update. So we're in round eight of Super Rugby Aotearoa. Uh, we got Chiefs versus Crusaders this weekend, Saturday at 1.05 a.m. The Crusaders lost the first match of the competition and their first match at home since 2016 last weekend to the Hurricanes. Hurricanes beat them in round seven, and that was a streak that lasted 36 home matches, so that's a pretty crazy streak, obviously. It was a, it was a fun match to watch, um, and it'll be, you know, it'll be fun to watch them again this weekend. Chiefs aren't very good. They're winless on the competition, but they're playing hard. They almost stole one from the Blues last weekend, so obviously anything can happen. Um, we'll just keep our eye on that. And then the next uh, match of the Super Rugby Aotearoa, Highlanders versus Blues on Saturday at 9.35 p.m. It's an important match for both teams um, as they both need to keep picking up some table points. It's competition winding down here. There's only two more weeks after this one. So that'll be a big game for them too. And then in Super Rugby Australia action, we've reached the midpoint this weekend. It's round five. So we got Western Force versus the Melbourne Rebels on Friday at 3.05 a.m. So that match will have already have happened by the time you listen to the show. Um, and then on Saturday, we got the Brumbies versus the Reds at 3.15 a.m. Um, obviously, all that stuff's available to watch on ESPN+. Plus. I've been enjoying it thoroughly. It's been made for some way more enjoyable weekends than at the beginning of quarantine and lockdown and stuff. So if you guys are looking for someone to watch, uh, that's, that's the place to do it. ESPN Plus, catch all the Super Rugby matchups. Um, yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that, and I'll update you guys on all the happenings of that next weekend as well. So with that out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into the interview portion of the show. Um, unlike these last two weeks, I don't have any news to break this week, and I only have one interview for you all. But it's an interview I'm excited about. It's an interview I, I really enjoy doing. I hope you all do as well. So I had David Barry, who's the CEO of the Ramblin' Jesters, on Ramblin' Jesters is a men's and women's uh, competitive sevens team, and they you have to get invited to play for the squad. They play in some very high-level tournaments all over the world. Um, and I've had the opportunity to see them compete at Rugby Town Sevens these last few years. Um, I wanted to learn more about the team. I also wanted to introduce people that may not be familiar with the team to the team because this is a very fun squad. They always are fun to watch. They're always competitive. They've got some great kits. Awesome name, obviously. So we had David Berry on. Um, talked a little bit about his club and just Rugby Town Sevens in general, how the you know how the tournament stacks up to some of these other tournaments that they play in all over the world. It's a good interview. 
David Barry is also uh, part owner of the New England Free Jacks, who I talked about at the top of the show. Had a great week of signings, big moves made all over the place, something I learned in the show. I wasn't aware of that. But the Jesters also have a partnership with the Free Jacks, which is kind of a unique thing. So we talk a little bit about that as well. So um, with that, we'll go ahead and jump into my conversation with CEO of the Ramblin' Jesters, David Barry. All right, now welcome on to the show, Rambling Jester CEO, David Barry. David, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, and yourself? I'm great. Thank you for joining me. I'm, I'm looking forward to this interview. Um, and with that, I guess we'll just jump right in. So the first question we ask every guest comes on the show is just, can you tell us a little bit about where you're from? Sure, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm from Ireland. Uh, I was born in Ireland, uh, moved to the States after college, uh, married in New York broad, um, <laughs> and... Uh, Ended up moving back for work to to England, uh-huh. um, uh, where I live at the moment. Um, I've got four sons, um, uh, three of whom have gone to UCLA. Uh-huh. Uh, one is currently there, and uh, uh, the fourth one is graduating high school this year. Nice. So, how how did you get into rugby? Can you kind of tell us like your your first experience with rugby? Maybe when you were a kid, how did you start playing, or just how you got? In, how did you get into the game? Yeah, I, um, I, I, I grew up in Ireland and I played, um, I played a little bit in school. Um, I was originally a soccer player, um, but I ended up going to a rugby school when I was 13. Mm-hmm. And so I started to pick up the game there. Um, after leaving school, um, I realized that most of the girls were following rugby <laughs> uh, and not soccer. So I decided I would uh, refocus my efforts. And so I... Um, I played at Blackwell College Rugby Club in Dublin, uh-huh. um, uh, and uh, you know, it just became a passion of mine. I love the I love the sport. I love the physicality of it. I love the camaraderie of it, and I love the culture of it. Yeah, for sure. And then the, one of the other questions I like to ask people that come on the show is just if you have a favorite rugby memory. And I like asking people this because it's so different for everybody. I know a lot of these MLR guys I've talked to their favorite rugby memories like going dating back to playing a game in high school or something like that. So is there, is there one or a few rugby memories that stick out in your mind as, as some of your favorites? It's funny when I moved to New York, I played um, rugby with um, a club at the time called New York Irish when I was 23. Mm-hmm. And um, when I think back, even though I played at kind of a high level in Ireland, what I remember most back on my rugby playing days are, um, those those tournaments in New York and uh, one one particular memory is we went on a tour to Arizona mm-hmm. um, and played a kind of um, a select side from Arizona clubs and uh, I always remember that day uh, we were at altitude and I was the kicker mm-hmm. and I, I I think I I hit a kick from like sixty two meters or something <laughs> um, which, you know, normally my range is about 45, so I've never experienced altitude before. Yeah. Um, of course, it's something you have in Denver. Um, yes. And that was, a, that, was a, that was a particularly fun moment for me. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. I know I did a little kicking in my day, too, and, yes, the ball just sails. It's very nice. It makes you feel very good about yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> so now I wanted to bring you on. Obviously, wanted to talk about the Ramblin' Jesters. Um, I know I've been involved with Rugby Town for the last few years, so I've seen the Jesters come through. But I was just wondering if you could kind of give us a, a description. What are the Jesters? What? How did the club get started? If you could just kind of break down what the Jesters are as a whole. 
Sure. So the, the Ramblin' Jesters have been going about 11 or 12 years, and they were founded by a couple of friends of mine, um, Julian Radley and um, David Mob Smith, who, of course, is the, the current coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, Julian, Julian was probably the initial uh, instigator of it, and his son was a, a, a very good rugby player, a sevens player, and um, he, he created the the club to create some opportunity for his son and his friends to play rugby. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of blossomed and developed from there and became ambitious. And um, I got involved about five, six years ago. They had picked my eldest son to play um, in a tournament. I kind of went along to watch. Yeah. Just loved it. Loved the buzz and atmosphere of it. And um, uh, in talking to Julian, I was asking what his ambitions for the club were. And, um, you know, I, he set them out and I said, well, why don't we do even better? Let's go, let's go bigger and better. And, uh, so I joined him in ownership mm-hmm. and, uh, we started to do things like go to rugby town and, and further afield. And, uh, and then a couple of years ago, I took over the ownership completely and, um, you know, we've been expanding our involvement and, uh, and, and touring the world. Yeah. And um, we also, um, our, our mission is just to create a platform, an opportunity for a pathway for elite players um, to be seen and, uh, and to put them in the shop window for, for national teams. And uh, we've had some success with that. Yeah, no, one of the, one of the ways that you guys do is you guys have created like a pathway to play for Ireland. Is that right? Like Ireland sevens team? Yes. Um, you know, we're, there are a lot of people uh, living in England, as there are in the U.S. actually, of Irish heritage. And uh, with Irish grandparents, they're entitled to um, to qualify for Ireland. Mm-hmm. And so um, Ireland, you know, rugby is the fourth most popular sport in Ireland. Um, so it's relatively a small population of, of playing people. And yet, its next door neighbor, Great Britain, has uh, you know Ireland has about five million population. Great Britain has about sixty-five million, yeah. and yet there are an enormous number of people with Irish heritage. So one of the big pathways that the IRFU, the Irish Rugby Football Union, looks at is people with um, who are Irish qualified playing in England, and therefore the Jesters has become a pathway for the Ireland Sevens program, both both um, men and ladies. Yeah. Um, but but beyond that, we we're also I would say a pathway for England sevens. We've we've you know featured England players. Right. Um, Simon Amor has provided uh, the England coach has given us players to to get experience so he can watch them. They can play at a slightly you know a level below the, the, the World Series and see how they fare. Mike Friday has um, has given us as you know at, at Rugby Town and elsewhere. He's he's provided us some some players and he's also asked me can 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 i feature a player or two that he's thinking about mm-hmm. so that they can get some experience and yeah uh, and then we've had australians we've had samoans we've had fijians um south africans we've we, we're a pretty international uh, team yeah that's awesome i know i mean you can tell just watching them play at rugby town every year they're always a ton of fun and it's a bunch of different styles mixed together and i love it so you talked about touring around the world. What does a normal year look like for the Jesters? Obviously, this is not a normal year with all this nonsense going on. But what a, a normal year, how many different tournaments are you guys playing in? Where are you going? What does that look like? 
So it tends to kick off right at the end of April, which is about the time the the 15 season is finishing um, mm-hmm. over here. Um, some of the finals are still to be played, but most most teams are starting to shed their players for the off season at that point. So most of our players would play 15s for for serious clubs, and then we we start. Um, usually with uh, a tournament called the Sunshine Sevens um, in Southern England, which is the worst named tournament in the world because <laughs> the sun never shines. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just the time of the year. Um, and then we have a, probably about four or five tournaments around the UK. Um, and then we start going overseas and we usually play two tournaments here in France. We play a tournament in Copenhagen, um, the Scandinavian Cup. We, of course, go to Glendale. Uh-huh. We've gone to um, down to the Basque region in, uh, in France and Spain. Um, and then we tend to finish our year in Dubai. So we played in the Dubai Sevens in the competition, the elite competition just below the World Series in, um, in December. So it runs from... It runs from the end of April to December, but not much happens between Rugby Town and Dubai. Right. So, you know, the, the, the meat of the season ends with the Rugby Town Sevens, which, of course, is usually a great climax of the season. Yeah, for sure. And I want to ask you a little bit about Rugby Town Sevens in a second. But before we do that, um, I just kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about the partnership with the New England Free Jacks of MLR. How did that, you know, partnership come about and what's kind of the, the goal of that old partnership? Well, I mean, the partnership came about because I've become an owner of the Free Jacks. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm I didn't a, know that. I'm a, I'm a part owner of the Free Jacks and, and therefore a natural there extension you go, yeah. to, <laughs> was to uh, meld the, the jesters and the uh, and the Free Jacks together. And I think had uh, COVID not struck down uh, Rugby Town Sevens this year, mm-hmm. we probably would have had a little adjustment to our name and come in as the Free Jack jesters. Okay. Uh, so um, we would have had three to five um, of the Free Jacks players in our squad, um, as, as well as the, the usual cast of characters. Um, so that, that's really how it happened. But it's we, we view the partnership in two ways. Uh, for the Free Jacks, um, it gives them some development opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's some very good talent there, including American talent, that they'd like to see play some sevens where skills are under the microscope and enhanced. And, uh, and, and then secondly, also, it's a bit of a reward for some of their top stars, you know, the, the likes of Bowden Wacker, who would love to do a bit of sevens, um, you know, who've played on the World Series. So it gives them a little opportunity out of season to do some sevens. And then, of course, from, from the gesture's point of view, we get access to some additional and incredible talent um, there, you know, as I said, there are some World Series players in the in the Free Jack squad, um, and uh, and some new announcements happening daily. So, um, you know, picking players from the Free Jacks is no uh, is no harm for us. I can tell yeah, you certainly. And it looks like uh, you guys are off to uh, you have a, had a great week of signings from the looks of it over here. Yes, so. we have. <laughs> awesome. Um, do you know how the name for the Ramblin' Jesters came about? <laughs> I do. It's, uh, it's quite a funny story insofar as uh, it's inspired by a um, Hells Angel mo- motorcycle gang from Northern California. Wow. <laughs> so um, it, was, uh, it was something spotted on a news 
broadcast by by Julian um, lots of years ago, and uh, it inspired the name. So it's uh, a pretty interesting um, history to that. Um, but it just fits. B besides that, that inspiration, it, it fits the way we play, which is just it's fun. You yeah. know, we have a we have a mission to to um, play the game with a smile on our faces, and of course. It's a you know it's a virtuous circle because if you play with a smile on your face, you tend to play better. Right, for sure. And I know, yeah, that's something that I was talking about earlier. It's just always fun to watch the Jesters play at Rugby Town. Uh, one of the highlights of the tournament, I think. Um, and then another thing I wanted to ask you before we talk a little bit about Rugby Town is just how did the design for the kits come about? Those are some fantastic kits. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been developed. We could show you some photographs of some earlier ones, and you wouldn't be as impressed as you are. <laughs> Um, so it's it's an evolution and it's a lot of mistakes uh you know you uh um, we didn't make the same mistake twice which is a sign of a sign of intelligence so yeah that's all um, we can do we just we just developed it and developed it and um and, and finally hit on about five years ago on a design that just every time we went to a tournament you know i would get approached like i do at rugby town saying where can i buy your kit oh it's awesome you know and so we haven't changed it since then because it's iconic, it's interesting, it's attractive, um, and uh, you know we think we've got the the right recipe at the moment. I would agree with you. I would agree with you there, David, for sure. So finally, yeah, let's jump into so a couple questions about Rugby Town. I think you might have mentioned it earlier in the, in the conversation, but how many years have have you all competed at Rugby Town? Uh, so last year was our fourth year, so right. it would have been our fifth, except for COVID. Right. And last year, obviously, finally got the job done, won the $10,000. What was that like? Uh, it, was, it was awesome. It was, a, you know, um, it, it was the culmination of a fantastic tournament and a fantastic year for us. But, you know, we, we enjoyed the, the previous years just as much. I don't feel I've got no bad memories of Rugby Town. It's always been great. We've always made at least the semifinal. Uh -huh. So I think we, we played two finals, winning one. Uh -huh. And we've played, and we've lost in two other semifinals uh, in the in the years in between. But it last year was just amazing, and um, it was also at the end of a season where we'd already won nine trophies. Right. Uh, so I'm not sure we'll ever repeat last year because <laughs> uh, it was just one of those every bounce of the ball uh, calls went for us, and um, just you know someone was smiling down on us those days. Right. Yeah, that's a perfect way to put the cap on a good year for sure. Um, what What is it about Rugby Town that you like? And then I guess I could follow this up with another question is like, how does it compare to some of these other tournaments that you, the Jesters play and you're all over the world, you're playing, you're seeing rugby everywhere. How does Rugby Town stack up and what do you like about it? It, it stacks up right on top of the pile. It is a fantastic um, tournament. I mean, first of all, the venue is amazing. Um, you know, I, some of our players have played in World Cups, in Rugby World Cups. Some of our players have played um, on the World Series. And when they run out on the Rugby Town uh, field, uh, the Glendale field, they, you know, many of them comment, this is the nicest pitch I've ever played on. Wow. And they've played, in some, they've played in some great places. So it starts with that. And then the organization is just extraordinary. It is, um, I, I think that the kind of the community of Glendale and being, you know, relatively small in scale means you've got this really buzz around the whole town and city for that period when Rugby Town is on. And then the organization that is done by, by Linda and Kieran and, 
and Mark and others um, is, is just brilliant. Um, it's very welcoming, it's friendly, it's fun. They take the refereeing serious, they take the medical stuff serious, you know, as a, as a, as a squad or a, of players and coaches, you feel really well supported. Um, the crowd are engaged. Um, it's it's just a great place. Uh, and then we got you know the we got the personality of uh, Mayor Mike uh, thrown oh, yes. in on top of it all, which is <laughs> which is always a blast. And yes. uh, I really enjoy his company. And we we I, you know a couple of my favorite times of the year to go upstairs and have a have a an adult beverage with Mike. <laughs> you know. Yes. I hear you loud and clear, David. So that's all the questions I had for you, David. Thank you so much for your time. I'm bummed I can't come watch you guys in person this year, but I'm looking forward to it next year for sure. Well, we'll, we'll definitely be back. Yep, sounds good. Thank you so much, David. Thank you. All right, I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with CEO of the Ramblin' Jesters, David Barry. I know I certainly did. Uh, thank you to David for taking the time out of your day to chat with me. Uh, I know kind of coordinating the time change is always a, a little bit of a hurdle, um, but I'm always appreciative of people that make the make the time and, and they do the extra work to, to chat with me because that's what makes the show interesting. So thanks to David. Um, like I said, I hope you all enjoyed that conversation. Um, with the interview portion of the show out of the way now, we'll go ahead and jump into the required reading, which is something you know we've been doing for these last couple months. And I'm going to give you guys a break this week of required reading. Instead, I'll, I'll assign you guys a video. It's a fun video. So this last weekend, like we were talking about in the Super Rugby update, the Blues played the Chiefs. A match went down to the wire. But the Blues social team, they had somebody on the sideline for the whole match filming the game, filming the, you know, filming the players on the sideline. The, the camera's kind of shaking from the crowd noise. Um, some really cool shots of them coming in now the tunnel, shaking hands with fans. Uh, some up close action, you know, on the field from the sideline. So it was, it was a pretty cool video. I think it was called the Blues Bench Cam. I've linked it in the article already. So um, if you're looking to check out kind of a cool video, it's about five minutes long, just a, a unique, different look at a Super Rugby match or just maybe even a rugby match in general. Um, I would encourage you all to check that out for this week's required reading. So took it easy on you all as so we kind of wind down. We're in the dog days of summer. Uh, much easier to sit and watch a video than read an article. So uh, that's required reading portion of the show. It's linked in the article like I mentioned, so make sure you go check that out. And then finally, we'll wrap up the show with The Loop, as we do every week. So The Loops, you know, we talk about what's going on at the DNVR rugby side of the world. So I wanted to start off The Loop by reminding everybody that our friend of the program, Zach Paunga, he was on two weeks ago. He's fighting in LFA 87. That's the Legacy Fighting Alliance on Friday night. So by the time you guys are listening to this show, uh, Friday night, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. It's on UFC Fight Pass. I signed up for an account yesterday. It was like 10 bucks a month. You can cancel at any time. Um, but I signed up because I want to watch Zach hopefully beat this guy. It's his first pro fight, so it's a big deal. Uh, make sure you check that out. If you're looking for something to watch on a Friday night, I know we've got the Colorado sports are back in action. Um, but I'm going to take some time to support friend of the program, Zach Paunga. He took his time out to talk to us, so I'm going to make sure I support him. Uh, hopefully he wins. I have a good feeling about it. I've watched the rest of his fights on YouTube, and, and he's a monster in the octagon. So if you're looking for something to watch, that's how you do it. Like I said, UFC Fight Pass Friday night, July 31st, 7 p.m. Should be fun. Um, so, yeah, want to talk a little bit about the Rugby Town Sevens rebroadcast again. It's coming up in three weeks. Obviously been having some more Sevens teams, you know, Sevens folks on, um, pump the game a little bit. And 
Hopefully we get we get to watch the uh, Rugby Town Sevens together. It should be fun. I'll keep you guys updated on some some exciting announcements regarding that. Uh, should know here in a couple weeks what what's going on with that, and if there's a way we'll be able to watch that together. So I'll, I will keep you guys updated. Um, as always, working on some long form stuff. It's long form because it takes a while, so that's why we haven't seen it yet. But I'm, I'm working on cranking that out. Um, a little bit of announcement: I will be out of town next week, so. I have a podcast lined up for Monday. I'll drop it on Friday so that you all have a show to listen to. Um, But it'll be a very bare-bones show. It'll be an intro, outro, interview. Um, Should be a good one, though. I'm looking forward to it. And, yeah, so won't be in town next week, so I'll be off social. I'll be – I won't have any content out other than this podcast. But that's kind of your heads up. Uh, Yeah, so just keep an eye out on some written stuff, like I mentioned, headed your way. Follow us on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby at Colton Strickler. We'll be posting all of our content there, keeping you guys up to date on some of the rugby stuff happening on the on the internet.com. That's my show, everybody. Thank you for listening. I hope you had a great day. Hope you had a great week. Hope you're staying healthy, taking care of each other. Um, thank you all for listening. Like I said, I'll catch you back here next week.